What is a story that you are telling yourself today? We are telling ourselves and others stories about our experiences all day, every day. This helps us make sense of our experience, but we rarely consider the impact these stories have on creating our experience. In today's conversation with Allison Petty, we explore the power of our stories. Ellison is a mindset coach who has quite a story to tell, pun intended. Through her story, we discuss how we can be intentional about the stories we use to make meaning of our experiences. Hello, my name is Mary Maduna Gross, and you're listening to Fully Alive, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs who are hungry to live their purpose, expand their impact, and create with ease. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Fully Alive podcast. I am here with Ellison um, Petty. She is a mindset coach, and um, I am so grateful, Ellison, that you are willing to play along and, and uh, explore uh, these new streaming possibilities. Um, you know, one of the things that I've, uh, I've not liked about podcasting is that it's often um, we're talking together, but we don't have the audience isn't doesn't have a chance to really engage. And so I don't know how much engagement we can get today, but I thought that if we could start to explore what this possibility is, what I would love to see this evolve into is something where we're doing podcast recordings and we have, po we have com um, community engagement in it. So that really becomes the podcast um, that, that answers all of our questions. All right, so I feel like we had to do a lot of housekeeping here today. Let's start again. Ellison, thank you so much for setting aside time, for being here with us today, and once again, for being willing to play with us. You're very welcome, and thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited to be here, especially like with two sides of the pond as well. So, Exactly. Exactly. I love that. And so you and I had a chance to meet uh, some time ago, and um, one of the things that I came away with from our conversation is really your... Um, uh, the things that you you and I talked about in terms of the power of language. So I would really love to get to that again today. But before we get to the content, let's hear your story. You have a remarkable story that um, I think can set the groundwork or the foundation for this conversation about language. Sure. Okay. Uh, so, well, um, as you very kindly explained, I'm a mindset coach. I kind of, I mean, there's the term life coach. I like the term mindset coach because for me, I'm coaching the person's mindset and that affects their life rather than coaching their life. So that's why I go with mindset. Um, mindset is everything. So, um, yeah, my story is quite a unique one, quite a, yeah, quite a, um, quite a story. And it's my reason for being a coach. It's my why. So when I was okay. 17 years old, I was diagnosed with what's known as ME and fibromyalgia or CFS in the States, um, and fibromyalgia. Yeah, I'm 17 years old, very healthy, normal, happy teenager. Um, but very suddenly, due to a very particular, well, particularly nasty flu virus and a very nasty reaction to cannabis, um, my, I think my immune system just shut down. I had a very, very extreme reaction to them. And a couple of years later, I was diagnosed finally with what's known as ME, fibromyalgia, CFS and ME. And spent 24 years predominantly bedbound, often in a wheelchair, and at times on things like morphine and Valium for like chronic bone, chronic joint, muscle pain, even skin pain, even my eyelashes hurt if I touch them. Um, and then extreme fatigue, extreme cognitive and physical fatigue. Um, 
and also very intense light and sound sensitivities. So, yeah, I mean, I'd been a very healthy kid who knew what it was to be tired. This is like a whole other, this is very different thing. Um, so, yeah, it was about 24 years. Um, times when I was in a wheelchair and bed bound. I had an eight-year relapse in my late 20s, early 30s, where I was pretty much living with my family again, my parents looking after me. Uh, four years from 2012 to 16, um, to the day I got well. Um, pretty much in a dark room. Uh very light intolerant chronic pain again and all that all that kind of stuff so the thing that changed everything for me was in 2016 when I kind of hit the limit of you know I'm done what have I missed and I remember something called the lightning process which is an NLP based training program and I knew quite a lot of people that had done it that were in a similar position to me and they'd got well different degrees so I phoned a practitioner, was on a course, you know, the next couple of weeks. I was taken, I was in a wheelchair, sunglasses and a blanket. Um, but the really important thing for me to, to say is an NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming Based Training Program. But from the very first day I was on the course, I never was sat in a wheelchair again. But the most important thing was that I never relapsed again. And Ooh. if you think about those kind of chronic illnesses, you do something, you pay for it. You get the chronic payback because, yeah. And that's the loop that you end up in. And for me, that was 24 years. So, um, yeah, never relapsed. And I just went like this to the point now where I've just spent the last seven years rock climbing and mountain biking and living a very full life, living in a van for a couple of years in the North Wales mountains, which was always my my dream when I was a kid was to live in Canada one day and be a climbing instructor in my kayak and dog. Uh, but we have the beautiful North Wales mountains in in the UK. So I live here now. And yeah, and I've I've lived a very, very busy, very hectic, very full life rock climbing. Last year I was climbing like three or four days a week and running my business. Um so yeah, I mean I'm beyond healthy now. And if I do get a cold, I actually don't even remember the last time I got ill. I'm a little hay fever at the moment as I sound all blocked up, but yeah, it's a very different life. So the thing for me was that I needed to go off and to figure out who I was as a, I was forty one when I got well go off and figure out who I was as a healthy adult. So I went and climbed for a bunch of years and had a very busy job at the hospitality here in the mountains um, where some days I'd make 40 bunk beds on my own and go climb in the afternoon and cook dinner for 40 kids in the evening, day after day. And as I say in my talk that I give, um, you know, there was a time, you know, seven years ago when I making a cup of tea would have triggered immense pain. So to be able to do all of those things now, for like seven years straight with no payback or symptoms is is a beautiful thing. Um, and I'm now an advanced master practitioner myself of NLP, coaching therapy. And I'm just about to do the training to become a, pro- a practitioner of the lightning process, which is the technique that got me out. And what, and what that does, you're not just thinking yourself better. It's information. Yeah. You're not, you know, I'm well. You're essentially using NLP to switch off the fight or flight response. And mm. the days of our prehistoric ancestors, that fight or flight was great to get us away from the tiger, which is why we're all here now, because it saved our ancestors. Um, but nowadays, you know, nearly everybody apart from, I don't know, the Dalai Lama is in some kind of state of fight or flight, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's causing a chronic illness or it's just a bit of stress. Um, but when it, when it is, you know, left unchecked, that constant release of chemicals of adrenaline, hormones, you know, neuroadrenaline, all those things loading onto the system causes something called an allostatic load and that's you know our bodies aren't built to withstand that constant load that loop right. of the fight like um you know like we still we do we do still need it to get out of the bus that's coming at right. us into the middle of the road 
But, I th- you know, for me, nine times out of ten, what I think are problems aren't problems. Um, whatever's causing my stress, it's like, yeah. So the, the NLP, lightning process technique, um, allows us to, or enables you to switch off the fight or flight when you've got it in that loop. And as I say, I did it. I mean, you have to go away and you have to practice it a lot. I, for me, it was about eight months of just very diligently every day doing this technique over and over and over again. But I just went like this because as I switched off that fight or flight and lessened that load of chemicals on my system, what I discovered when you take all those chemicals off was that my body was absolutely fine. And for 24 years, we'd had, or I'd had endless medical tests that all showed I was healthy. I think I once had like some vitamin deficiency, but at the same time, they were giving me morphine for pain. So wow. something, something wasn't adding up. Um, right. But all, we knew those medical tests were right because there were so many. It wasn't like one wrong one or a couple of wrong ones. But, you know, what it wasn't picking up was this, this load of, you know, um, extreme load. So you take that off your system and yes, I'm wow. healthy. Yeah. And that's what I do now. I help other people figure out whatever's holding them back in their life. That's my thing. Wow. Well, the, and <laughs> Fortunately, I don't think that ho- hopefully most of us don't have to live in a dark room for several years um, in order to find our way out of it. Although maybe figuratively, that's what we're all doing, right? Yeah. We all go into kind of our dark room when we don't know what else to do. Um, but here's what I'm wondering about is during those 24 years of not having an answer, of living with this condition, what were the kinds of stories that you were telling yourself about who you were and what was possible for you? I mean, I learned a lot about language in the wrong way back in those days, which, you know, you, you're not taught this stuff in school, sadly, um, how impacting language is. And as I always say, if anyone follows me or knows anything about me, I'm always banging on about the power of language because it is just that sort of foundation of our, what I call our roadmap for our brain. So, you know, completely um and with you know I just didn't know different I would use language like I have ME I am ill I am in pain you know I would use those words because and also you need to communicate it as well to be right. fair like you have to you know if you're not living on a desert island on your own and you're going to doctors and you've got people around you you have to be able to explain what's going on yeah. once I did the lightning process I learned how to do that in a different way I changed the word pain to stuff so I could still communicate it but it wouldn't have an impact on my brain or my body um, because pain was like a skyscraper for me. It was like, if I said that, well, I could say it now. Okay. But back then, if I would say the word pain, it was like, oh, under the weight of something huge. Because that was my life for 24 years. And, and it was chronic and daily. There wasn't yeah, a day. Right. So I changed the words to stuff quite quickly. So I'd be able to, and I'd tell my friends, obviously, and family, and I'd said, you know, if I need to tell you that I'm, not having a good day I'll say you know this I, this stuff's not very good today and it was like it was like I hadn't said anything but they knew what they needed to know but before that you know I would talk my you know my whole dialogue was chronic pain dialogue and you know it's even things like you know going to the, to, to the doctors and you know talking about pain and and being diagnosed and obviously diagnoses are very helpful and they can they can help you to feel a little more like I'm not making this up Right. But if you're not careful, they become that big label, becomes that I am, I have, you know, and that comes to a sort of badge, which can feel very validating at the time. But I, I, this is only my experience and each to their own. But I, you know, 
I highly recommend watching that kind of language and how you speak about what's going on internally to the world, but also more importantly, what's going on in your brain, how you're speaking to yourself. Um, Yeah, absolutely. It it, it is so subtle, as you were saying, like, you know, we just communicate. This is my experience. This is what's happening. And as we're telling those stories to others or communicating our experience to others, we're reinforcing that story for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I am in pain. I am sick. And maybe, and I don't know what your stories were about what your prognosis was or what was possible for you, but I'm sure all of you had stories around all of that too. Is that true? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just, just go back to what you just said then, you know, the brain is always listening. Like our brains, my brain is always listening to everything I speak, everything I think, everything I, you know, my body language, it's picking up, you know, if I'm slumped and I'm, you know, today I'm quite tired because I've been super busy lately and I had some quite, I have had some quite challenging life things going on recently, um, which is, that's just life and that's being human. And today I'm just, you know, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather and it's raining. So I'm sort of being like, but, you know, just as soon as you pull your shoulders back, your brain reads that, interprets the shoulders back as confident and happy because you're not, when you're depressed and sad and down, you don't sit with your shoulders back, you sit like that. So if you override it and just pull your shoulders back, the brain goes, oh, and it starts to release happiness chemicals instead because it's like, right, because it's, you know, it's the connection we all know now know to be a thing. Um, but... Um, Yes, yeah, sorry, I went off track a little bit. <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. I mean, I really, I'm curious about exploring how our common language can really reinforce and solidify in our own bodies and our own minds the conditions we're with, right? Whether it's a physical physical condition as you've experienced, or even as we're talking about ourselves in terms of success, whether it's relationships or business or you know hobbies and achievements that we want to do like we we have stories around all of these parts of our lives that was what you said wasn't it it's about the stories did I have stories yeah and my clients when I'm working with them it's it's all about narratives you know I use that word so much I bore myself with that word narrativeness but you know or story whatever you want to call it but it's those narratives that we carry that we tell ourselves we tell other people about ourselves about the world you know and it is it is a it's just, you know, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just, it's just what we do as humans. But when we learn and when we, when we realize and understand how that narrative, how those words that we're using, I would say it's about picking the right words and put, putting them in the right order. Once we learn how to do that and we realize that the impact that it has, I'll, I'll give you a quick example, but, you know, it changes, it, it changes everything, but it takes work because you have to relearn how to speak, basically, and how right. to, how to talk. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for instance, you know, one of my clients, um, I mean, this happens all the time, but, you know, one of the questions I'll ask quite early on is what do you want to have in your life instead of, or what do you, it might be with that person, it would have been, what do you want to feel instead of how you currently feel? Mm-hmm. So in NLP, it's all about moving the person forward and, you know, looking for the solutions. Um, and, and as I say, creating that roadmap towards that, which is a massive part down to the language. So typically, and I'm just thinking of one particular client, um, they answered that they were experiencing social anxiety about being in, you know, with groups of people. And, and she says something like, I can't remember the exact words because it's a while back, but she said something like, when I walk into a room, I don't want to feel embarrassed anymore. I don't want to feel uncomfortable and, you know, like I don't belong there. So I knew what she wanted. You know, I, she wanted the opposite. She wanted, right. sorry, she wanted that, but, you know, um, 
the positive version of that. Uh, so I, you know, I explained how when we use active language, how how that works rather than use negative language. And I suggested to her, you know, well, you could say the same thing. It's like having, say, you got to eat, you know, a thousand calories a day. You could get to those thousand calories eating, you know, really rubbish fast food, and you'll get there really quick, but you won't feel very good about it. Um, and it will have some, you know, nasty side effects, or you can get to those thousand calories, you know, putting the work in, eating some really healthy food, and it will make you feel good. And you still want to get to those thousand calories. So those thousand calories are the answer to that. What do you want to feel instead of what you currently feel? So I suggested, you know, what if it would sound something like when I walk into a room, I want to feel really good about myself and really confident. You know, I want to feel like I belong there. Again, something like that. And I got her to say both versions, her version first and then my version. And as she started to say my version, she started laughing. I remember that very clearly. You know, just that like, I want to feel, oh, I can't get it. It's like, rather than I don't want to feel uncomfortable, you're saying I don't, I don't want, you know, uncomfortable. Again, it's like using that word pain all the time. Yeah. So I do do a lot of stuff around word swaps and, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And just tricking your brain a little bit and you're you're still getting to the same place, but you're going to. Yeah, they're a lot quicker. You're going to feel a lot better. <laughs> well, and, and as you're describing this, what's going through my mind is, yeah, but Ellison, this is how it is, right? This, These are the experiences that I'm having. This is, uh, I am describing my pain, uh, whether it's physical pain or the pain of what I'm dealing with at work or whatever my pain is, and I'm telling the story it feels like, well, if I can't tell my story, then am I just denying my experience? Tell me, help me a little bit with that. I mean, I think there's just different ways of telling a story. I suppose you mean as in like communicating what you're going through. Yeah, because I've heard some people in the past when I've had conversations just, you know, just among friends and family about the power of language, um, sometimes they'll be pushed back to say, well, I'm just describing what is, right? As if what is, is the only way that it could possibly be. Right. For instance, so I remember when I was in school administration and uh, my colleagues and I would talk and talk and talk and talk about all the problems that we were having. And, and, and I think that our talking was our effort to try to find that solution. But what we ended up doing was just rehashing and regurgitating all of the problems, all of the challenges and, and, um, and I, if you would have said to me, well, Mary, your language is contributing to your experience, I might have said, well, Allison, I'm just simply telling you what's happening. So how, how, do we, um, how do we deal with this fact that our senses are bringing in this information, we're interpreting it in this way, and we're communicating in this way, but yet you're saying there's another way that we can communicate this? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. It's just learning a different way to say it. And, you know, when, when that thing about, you know, this is the way it is right now and that's that, you know, like, I mean, it's kind of like with phobias. I do a lot of work with people with phobias, which I love working, you know. I had a, a lady recently with a very severe phobia and at the end of 40 minutes she couldn't remember what the phobia was she'd had when she, we started the session. And it's like, yeah, because your brain, you didn't, you weren't born with that phobia. There's only like a couple of phobias that we're born with and that's, hers was not one of them. Um, so there was a time when you didn't have that thing, whatever it is you're feeling in this moment right now, there was a time when you weren't feeling that. So, you know, for people, this is the way it is now. I mean, that's that very fixed mindset, isn't it? I mean, to me, it's like, you know, I mean, I was always hopeful when I was ill and it got harder the years went on to stay hopeful, but, and to believe that change was possible. 
um, you start to, you know, you get to like 23, 24 years and it's like, you know, this is, this is my life. But, but there was always something in me that was like, no, there's this, you know, you know, I was a healthy 17 year old. I can be a healthy 41 year old, but it's just like, how? She's trying to find the answer. So yeah, but coming back to that language thing, I mean, really it is, you know, it's like you don't learn to speak Spanish in a day, fluent Spanish. So it's, you know, it's a version of that. It's learning how to speak constructively and actively and still, you know, I, for me now, I, I, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm personally not one for, for, I I say that like with my mum, there's nothing wrong with having a good cry and a good moan and a good rant. I'm going to say that (laughs) Right, right. I think there are definitely times when that is very cool for, but I have to catch myself very quickly and my friends as well, you know, and not, not, you know, not caring about active language and just being negative and being like, oh God, that felt awful, whatever, you know, that thing was. Yeah. But I have to kind of catch that very quickly because I know that that, that moment there, what I'm talking about is the precursor to how I'm going to feel next and, you know, within the next week, the next month, the next year. So, and I've learned this, you know, not just, I mean, through the years, chronic illness, but the years since have just I've been on quite a journey since as well. Um, it's sort of an internal journey, like you know, emotional journey. Growing up, you know, my forties and having to like find my resilience and my feet, and you know, we had the lockdown in the middle of that. My father passed away in the middle of the early lockdown. I had some, you know, some pretty dark times. Um, but I've had to learn some some skills pretty quick. With that, obviously, helps yeah. me as a coach. But um, yeah, I've learned that. That narrative, that story that I'm telling, whether it's me or somebody else, is the precursor to what will come next. And if I, if I want to feel good in my life, you know, and this doesn't, you know, I'm not saying I go, I don't definitely don't go around feeling hundred percent all the time, mm-hmm. um, because that wouldn't be normal, you know, I wouldn't be human. Right. So, and life throws curveballs all the time. But watching that language, deciding what story am I going to tell about this thing? You know, I'm actually writing a blog at the moment. It's called something like that. You know, what, uh-huh. what story will you tell about that thing? Um, and deciding what that's going to be rather than just like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you know, this and this and, and that sort of drama. And again, I right. speak for myself. I'm not saying this is everyone else. This is me. But that drama story of like how I'm going to communicate with you about this thing that happened in my life. Oh, my God. And I had an example recently where I tested this out properly for the first time in a very, very specific way, you know, so that I could then develop this and work with my clients in this way. A very silly example, but it really did show me I, I'm quite, sort of quite minimalist. I'm, I'm not non-materialistic, you know, there's certain things that I like and they will be very specific, but uh, I'm a big movie and TV fan. So a couple of years ago, I, I invested. You know, a decent big TV, not this one. This is my okay. one, but a big TV. I just realized that back. Um, <laughs> and but it, you know, is absolutely perfect. And you know, not horrendous expensive, but a good amount of money. Very, very precious to me. And I was going into a meeting one day, and I knocked over my lamp, and it hit the telly. It hit me on the head first, which was fine. And then it hit the telly, and I looked at it as I saw it happening, like slow motion, and it's left like two scratches in the screen, like this. Now, in that moment, I had this realization of I have a choice as to how I how I narrate this because this isn't great, and I'm not. I wasn't pretending for a moment. Oh, it's fine. Life's good. Like, no, this isn't fine. I'm not happy about this. But what am I going to tell people? Am I going to tell people? Do I tell one person, my mum, or do I tell everybody and rant about this for months? 
um, because for me that it was a big deal. This was something right. I think a year ago. I mean, it happened like four months ago, and even a year ago, I like by now I'd probably still be watching that telly and staring at those two little scratches. Mm-hmm. But I decided that I would tell my mum, and and not for a long time would tell anybody else. And I had my feelings about it. Wasn't happy. But I just didn't narrate it. I didn't tell a story about it. And it's blown my mind. I watch that telly all the time now. And I don't even think, I'm not even aware those scratches are there. And before I'd have chosen to do that, those scratches would have been this big, you know, every right. time I was watching something. And I probably, all the yeah, well, honestly, I probably would have sold it by now. I'm not even kidding. I probably sold it wow. and bought a new one because it really was that viewing pleasure is such an important thing for me. So again, coming back to that narrative, it was like, so like, oh, okay. Because now I don't have a story that's going round and round in my head about how terrible this is, you know. And in the big scheme, I remember thinking at that time as well, I spent 24 years in a, you know, chronically on a wheelchair. There's a little scratch on the telly. There is a blog on my website about this. And I talk about that. That was the like final kind of, you know, this is, this isn't a problem. Right. Okay. I love this example. Um, and, and I'm playing this out in my head. So if something had happened to something precious of mine, what I'm hearing you say is that you interrupted yourself pretty quickly in this process. Yeah. Yeah. Now again, I'll, I'll say from my own experience, if something like that would have happened, uh, to me, then, you know, our default, I think our default response would be something of upset, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. And then depending where we are in the moment, um, that day, you know, those kinds of things, it may have been bigger, it may not have been. But depending on where we're at, we can create a really big story about, oh, my gosh, I just, you know, scratched something that is really important to me. And then going on to this is what always happens to me or, exactly. you know, I always do these always. things. Right? Yeah. yeah. So as I was asking you earlier about, you know, how do we... um what do we do with that data that's coming in from our senses that our brain is saying, this is true, this is true, this is your experience? Um, I think that what that argument leaves out is our choice in the matter, right? And as you're describing this, your story with this television, you had a choice. You had a choice of what story you were going to tell to what, it, how big was this story going to be or how small was the story going to be? You had a choice of who you were going to tell. Am I going to spread this wide and far about what this this tragedy is? Or am I just going to keep it to a few people? Um, and then maybe later tell the story. But what I heard you say, and I don't know if you said this or if I interpreted it, but it sounded like as time went by and the the story even died for you, whatever story you had about your preferences and whatever, it seemed like without the energy of telling a whole bunch of other people or, or blowing up the story, your story kind of died out on its own. No, that, that's why I, I didn't sell it. I still have the telly upstairs. And, you know, if I'm walking around in the daylight and the telly's not on and it's black, every now and again, I just see the scratch. But I don't feel anything. I don't, yes. I don't, it's just like, it's like just an observation. Oh, that's those scratches. I don't feel anything. And I, I just know myself so well. I know, you know, 48, I've had a lot of things in my life that have upset me and that have meant a lot to me. And then I've been an absolute drama for like months, year, you know, like even now, if I thought back, I could still feel that kind of like 
thing. And this is a biggie. Um, but that the word choice is, you know, when you said that, I smile because it's one of my favorite words. Um, and I do, it's in, you know, again, I talk about this in my talk. It's like the, it's one of our human super skills is the power of choice. Um, and what, again, just as an offering to anyone listening, you know, if you hear yourself using the word control, you know, or, you know, need or feeling the need to control something rather than control using the word choice just reminds yourself that you are never as stuck as you think you are or that you're never you know it's like it's such a more it's an open beautiful flowing word and sometimes it's very hard to remember that we have choices when we're feeling overwhelmed and it's like you can't see the wood for the trees but actually we we do we have endless choices and you're right in that moment you know i had the awareness that this has taken years Right. Oh. I couldn't have done this like I say five years ago. Yeah, I'd I'd still be crying. You know, because I wouldn't have the TV now. Um, but I made, I you know, I had that awareness to catch it and be like, well, okay, this is one of those things. This is this is a big. This is an opportunity. This is like let's see what happens. And then I had the choice as to you know, do I even tell my mum? I don't know. I'm going to tell my mum. Right. That's it. You know. And how long am I going to give myself for this? You know. And okay. I, and how long would, you know, all those kind of things. And it was like, I, I, um, I decided, I defined how that was going to go rather than my brain just going, oh, this is terrible. Everybody needs to know. <laughs> right. Like, poor me, you know, right. what are you saying? my poor television. So, yeah. And I just think there's so many ways of approaching things and I definitely don't get it right every time. That was a good one. I, I take full, you know, props to that one, but yeah. It's it is it's all about being aware and then recognizing the situation and then for me again I come back to that thing whatever comes next is a precursor to how you are going to feel. Yes, you know, how you I, move forward. Thank you for coming back to that because I think that is really key about how we move forward from that experience. Mm -hmm. But going back to um, something you said a minute ago about the choices, I think that I was imagining. My, if I was in that, in your shoes, right? And this happened to me with my television. Um, and let's say I didn't catch it, right? I just let myself kind of indulge in that sense of victimhood and how yeah, bad yeah. this is. <laughs> um, and then let's say I listen to this podcast or, or I see some other indication, right? Something that triggers me that says, hey, Mary, you have a choice about this. Right. I, I think that we still like later that out that evening or even that later that week at any point that that is still coming up for me. I still have a choice. Yeah. You can still change the language. You can still decide at that moment. Like even if it's a year later, obviously it's going to be a little bit harder because, you know, you've got a whole year of neural pathways that are like angry about that thing, you know, and that people come to coaches because they are struggling with something that's stuck and it's stuck yes. and it's stuck or many things that are stuck. And that's, you know, nine times out of 10 when I'm working with the clients, just dismantling those stories. And again, comes back to that word narratives I'm always using. Um, but yeah, if, if you're in a position where you, like, say you hear this conversation or something like this, um, yeah, you still have a choice to start to like divert in a different direction and use different language, you know, and it might just be something like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, but it's really not that big a deal. Sometimes I just go anyway, like when I hear my brain doing it's like looping stuff, I have lots of different ways I do this and I to mix it up. Otherwise I get bored and it doesn't work as effectively for me. It's like, I have to keep my brain on its toes. Sometimes I hear some drama in my head. I'm like, yeah, anyway. And then like, right. like, talking, like 
anyway whatever like you know and and it's like okay cool let's go in this direction and it is literally like diverting those that that road that's like so carved and be like no we're gonna go this way but you have to keep doing it you have to keep doing it again you don't keep choosing it don't you sorry yeah yeah you have to yeah it's like yeah you you choose a path at a crossroads it's the same thing you know we're going to keep moving in our life and people stay so stuck yeah but just that you know you can choose which way you want to go and how you want to feel it might not always work out you know but i do guarantee from my own experience that the more you start to use active language constructive and you know structure your sentences in a really awesome way you know um and change your body language you know all these different things i mean obviously we're all coming from different places and different but I've, I've come from a pretty dark place so i i feel like you know i've walked the walk and talking the talk now because i feel like i've you know i've got the certificate life, <laughs> life yeah so yeah, yeah being say yeah I've been, and actually to be honest the the two those couple of lockdown years were harder for me um mentally and emotionally because of things that i went through with my past my dad passing away and kind of a breakup that shouldn't have been a breakup and an operation I didn't need and this was all before vaccines and you know selling the family home all you know and I've said to my mum in recent times I'd rather have those 24 years back than those two years so you know I definitely definitely know what it's like to be in dark places and I'm not suggesting it's like that you know you you have to work at it I do every day right going back again to making a choice Mm -hmm. and the choice that we make today will create our future Oh, yeah. Creates our current moment. You know, it creates like it's it's in that moment that things start to change. You know, it's not a week from as you know, like you start to have positive thoughts. You're not gonna you don't have to wait a week to feel different. And if you're in a really dark place, it's gonna take a lot more work to get out of it. But if you're in a fairly right place in your life, but you just notice that you you know, you have negative thoughts, yeah. They're gonna be a lot easier just like pop, 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 you know, and and shift. And I find that practicing on little things is uh, um, not as overwhelming as practicing on big things. Like if I'm yeah. going after some of the, my big pain stories, like it seems like too much to shift that language. But if I can during the day uh, not get caught up in the dramas about maybe somebody didn't show up on a meeting on time or maybe I felt like somebody slighted me somewhere or something, right? Those little things in the moment, if I can remember that I have a choice mm-hmm. as to what story I tell myself about this experience and then ultimately what I, if I tell others, um, it just, it, I think it, for me, it feels like I'm um, building my muscles so that oh, when cool. I then do work with a coach on some of my bigger pain stories, I've, I've got experience, I've got personal evidence of how shifting my story can shift my experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean you get used to practice. You know, when you're working with neurology, uh in NLP we say, you know, neuroplasticity is always on. So neuro is your neuropathways, plasticity is how your brain can change. It's you know, its ability to change. Um and it's always switched on. And I always say, you know, when you were five, when you learned to tie your shoelace for the first time, you know, for that first week you were running out the door and the lace kept coming undone and you trip over and fall, you know. But you kept tying it and practicing and learning how to do it. And one day you're running out the door, you're saying goodbye to your mom, you, you get to school, you haven't fallen over and your shoelace stays tied for the day. And that's, you know, you're rewiring your or you're wiring your pathways 
tie shoelace. And what we're talking about here is using the same neurology, but just in a, you know, in a sort of a bit more of a deeper sense and in a way that just really starts to create that foundation for your life that is just so empowering. And you have the choice to do it. Again, I keep coming back to my talk, but I say that when I talk about the talk, it's like, you know, we have the choice to, to choose, you know, you have the choice to put these words in the right order and, and make yourself feel good. So, yeah, right. Why wouldn't you? You have, you have the opportunity to do that. And I think, again, as I even said that out loud, my little oppositional defiant side said, you know, well, I don't want to let go of this pain yet. Right. Mm -hmm. I like it. I want to, I, I like feeling like I'm in pain, like something has hurt me because if there's something that feels good about that, right. It, because now I can ask for help. I can ask, um, I can maybe even get out of some, uh, obligations or some things yeah. that I uh, committed to. <laughs> yeah. I can use it to my, my advantage. But bef before we close today, we've, you've mentioned the word active, um, what is it? Active language, I think is how you described it. Give us some pointers on, even if we're just going to start with our little annoyances during the day, what is some active language that we can use to kind of practice shifting our stories? So by active, I just mean positive language. It's just a different way of saying oh, positive. Yeah. So, or like um, passive is the same as negatives, active and passive. I just okay. use that sometimes. Um, I mean, I guess that like that example that I gave of the girls, you know, the woman that was, you know, that competency. Of just listening to how you're saying things that like when you're catching yourself, you know, I don't want to do this. Um, or I don't want to, no, so no, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to feel like this anymore about that thing. It's like, okay, well, what do you want to feel instead? What's the opposite of that? You know, well, the opposite of that is I want to feel at peace. You know, let's say someone's, I don't want to feel angry about this thing anymore. The opposite of that would be, I want to feel at peace when blah, 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 blah. You know, and again, you get into those thousand calories, but it's just a very yeah. different way of doing it. And your brain's hearing, I want peace. And it's going to start to release chemicals. And, you know, it's, you're going to start to soothe that nervous system because you can't say, I want peace and feel, you know, really angry. Right. I don't want to feel angry anymore. There's a very strong chance you're going to be like, I don't want to feel angry. You know, I want to feel peaceful. <laughs> it doesn't want yeah. to like, <laughs> I don't want to feel peaceful. You know, it's just, that's just, that's just, uh, yeah. Um, I was just thinking of a, yeah, I mean, that for me is like, is a huge starting place. It's just keeping an eye on that language and checking that yeah. using things like, um, instead of saying, you know, I have to do something saying I get to do something, you know, cause again, we say I have to do, you know, I have to write that email and it's never going to be like, Oh, I have to write that email. It's like, Oh, to write that email, you know, nine times out of 10, it's going to be that feeling. So I get to write that email and get to, and your brain is always followed by, you get to do something. You don't really say, oh, I get to write that email. So again, it's it's like, I mean, there's so many versions of this. It's what I love doing with clients. It's like, you know, how you how you start to bring that into your everyday. Um, but yeah, I guess, yeah, if we use the word positive language instead, because I think most people understand that means, um, but rather than I don't, want to feel it's like i want to feel so what is the opposite of that thing because i you know not every time but again even myself my default will be i don't want to feel like this anymore mm -hmm. it's kind of how we're brought up we're not and i say we're not taught <clears throat> no. how interesting that is on us you know but, even if you're thinking especially if you're thinking it, or even if especially it's that internal narrative 
He was like, oh, I don't want to feel tired anymore. God, I'm tired all the time. So, okay, well, what do you want instead? Okay. I want to feel good. I want to feel like, you know, when I get up in the morning, if I want to feel refreshed and I want to, you know, and I am, it's like, I don't do really affirmation work with clients as in like, you know, set affirmations like that. I work in a very different way with language. Um, but, you know, rather than saying, I want to have, you know, health, I want to have happiness in my life. I would say, you know, say I am healthy. I am happy because it's in your, it's already here. Okay. It just brings it even closer rather than I want. It's like, well, I still would go out and get that thing. Yeah, but great. I want all these different things, but I'm here and they're all out there because I'm saying I want. So my brain's interpreting that as I don't yet have it. Yeah. But when I start to say I am happy, even if I don't feel it, I am, I am healthy. I am strong. I am powerful. I am loud. And final little tip, little smile. Will tell your brain, even when you're feeling low and unhappy, um, it will tell your brain that like like the shoulders back thing. Right. Um, this is like scientifically proven and I've done it with myself. I do it regularly. Um when I go through a difficult time, I'll fall asleep with a little soft smile on my face because that's telling my brain that I'm happy. Even mm-hmm. if I'm not. And the brain will go, Oh, that's that happiness movement, right? Happiness chemicals. And that mood will start to lift and shift. Again, you have to keep doing it. You know, one other uh, a trick relative to that in the smiling mm. bed is if you put a pen in your mouth, your mouth automatically goes to that movement, right? So if I'm uh, in a bad space, right, and, and my head <laughs> is saying you're not happy, um, yeah, <laughs> I can put a pen in my mouth, hold it there, and again, yeah. that physiology is going to give your brain exactly. a different message. And sometimes that's just enough to get me into that space because I love the question that that you're posing here in terms of, okay, so something in my life, it didn't go the way I wanted it to, or according to my desires, um, it feels uncomfortable. Um, but my choice is always, how do I want to feel in this moment? And what do I, I want to feel next? So and what, oh yeah. What do I want to feel next? Do I, yeah. feel next? I don't want to feel about this in a week's time. Do I still want to be crying about this thing? I mean, when, again, we're not talking about, you know, we just got divorced or somebody passed away. Or, you know, a bad diagnosis or something, you know, really deep stuff. We're talking about the other nine out of 10 things in life that we think are problems. But, you know, are they just really just mental constructs? This right. is my, you know, uh, my own feeling about it. And yeah, it's like, how do I want to feel about this right now? And then how do I want to feel about this in a week from now, a month? And do I still want to be having, you know, anger about this upset? You know, do I just want to be at peace? Do I want to like live my life? And, sail through this stuff and just let this stuff go because there are bigger things out there that are going to be problems and let's save this moments for that <laughs> then in the meantime. thank you thank you for this wonderful conversation yeah. for sharing your story um and uh, really going deep into this conversation about power of language and and the choices that we have and and some of the actions that we can take to shift our stories and and the stories that we share with other people Alison, where can people learn more about you? Uh, so everything's on my website, which is my name, Alison with one L and Petty, as in Tom Petty, P-E-T-T-Y dot com. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm always, I'm always very happy to talk about my, my health transformation as well. If people just want to talk to me about that, you know, they're not interested in coaching, but they want to find out more about that. So you can book, yeah, you can book a time to chat with me on my website. And also I always offer a free discovery course for coaching anyway as well there's on my website and my social media is on there and um yeah and that's that's the best place to find me wonderful 
Before we close, do you have any other final thoughts that uh, maybe we haven't gotten to today? Hmm. Oh, so many. <laughs> so many. <laughs> I guess, like, again, I, just coming back to the brain, you know, your brain is always listening, you know, to everything you're saying, everything you're thinking um, and feeling and speaking um, consciously and unconsciously. You know, your brain is always listening, it's always, always, always listening. So, you know, going back to that choice. Yeah. Have a choice of what you want it to hear and tell it because it's going to, I mean, there's oh, so many more things I want to talk about, right? Now. <laughs> but like, you know, it's, uh, it is, a, oh, I will stop because I'm out of time, but yeah, it will give you what you ask for, basically. Yeah. It will give Definitely. you what you ask for. So make sure you ask for some really good stuff. I think that's a beautiful way to close. Alison, thank you again for sharing all of this oh, with us. Will. And um, those links will be in the podcast when we post oh, this um, on the Folia Live. Yeah. Um, and in the chat, um, I do see we have a, a somebody on Facebook that says yeah. this is great. Thank you for listening and, and for uh, giving us your comment. Um, I'll also put your um, web link into those comments so that people can find you there as well. Thank you again, Allison. I really appreciate oh, it. So much fun. I, honestly, I could talk about this stuff. Maybe we'll come back sometime. Yeah, let's do another one. I love it. This is my first live as well. So this is really, really it's been really good fun and exciting. And um yeah, it's been great. So always always be up for there'll be plenty more to talk about. I'm sure, I'm sure there will. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Okay. Thank you for listening. Are you ready to play and experiment with these ideas so that you too can live your purpose, expand your impact, and create with ease? Join us at Fully Alive on Facebook. We've created this space to explore the effects these practices and principles can have on your own experience. And if you're feeling the nudge to explore what coaching can do for you, send me an email at mary at bluebambooleadership.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be fully alive.